we need to share our stories. We're called to. And we've learned a lot about how to share our stories. And just in case you've missed any of these or all of them, um, I'd love to give you a chance to get a little bit caught up. Um, last week, we got to see the testimony of Steve Owen, and we saw his full testimony, and it was amazing, and it'll be going up on social media pretty soon. Might be up already, but um, anyway, so if you missed that, don't worry, just follow us on Facebook, and you'll be able to see it. Um, but this week, before I jump into this message, I thought it would be great to do the recap video of how to create your story, so the step-by-step process, and we're going to hear from Steve this time. So check out the screens. Can you tell me one word um, to describe your life before you met Jesus? Lost. And can you tell me one word that describes when you encountered Jesus? Assurance. And can you give me one word to describe your life since you met Jesus? Um, oh boy, you're going to have to do some posting. One word after. I think it's it's not really a word to describe being, but I have an advocate. Okay, so now we'll let's expand that sure. into a sentence. Okay, sure. so um, again, it'll be um, just using that phrase. Um, before I met Jesus, I felt sure. lost because yeah. after because after. Okay, sure. Before. Before I met Jesus, I felt totally lost because I didn't know where I was going. Can you describe one word um, for when you met Jesus? When I met Jesus and after I met Jesus, actually, I just had assurance, assurance of where I was going, assurance that I was found, assurance that I was no longer lost. Can you give me one sentence to describe your life? In the 41 years since having Jesus in my life, I've just felt always that I have an advocate fighting for me there in my corner, always. Hmm. So there you have it. It's that simple. Do you feel ready? That's the question, right? <laughs> so we have been preparing, all of us, we've been preparing our stories. We've been equipped. We know the how. We know the why we do it. But are we ready? And so as I was preparing this message, I thought to myself, oh, wouldn't it be a shame 
if we went through this whole series, four weeks of messages, four weeks of digging into it with our life groups, wouldn't it be a shame if there was no practical application that came out of this series? Wouldn't it be a shame if none of us actually were ready to share our stories? And then as a result, there'd be really no fruit from this series. What a shame that would be. And so as I was preparing this week, I thought to myself, what would be the one thing that would stop us from sharing our stories? Can you guess what it might be? Fear. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're on the same page as me. So wouldn't it be a shame if we let fear overtake us and stop us from sharing our stories? And I don't know if you've ever heard this stat, but four out of ten of the most popular Bible verses searched on online are actually to do with fear. And so this morning we're going to be talking about fear and what to do with it. And Chris has mentioned some of the fears that we might have when we're going to be thinking of sharing our stories. We might fear that people won't like us. We might fear that we'll be rejected or even that we'll get into trouble. So this morning we're going to look at a story of a man who was living in fear. He was living in fear. And then God came and called him to do something that was way outside his comfort zone, way outside his ability level. And you might feel sometimes like sharing your story is way outside your ability level or way outside your comfort level, even after this series. But God showed up in this man's life to accomplish amazing things. So we're going to be looking at the story of Gideon this morning. So let me pray and then we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you're here with us this morning. Lord, that you have a word for every single person in this place. So God, I just pray that we would be able to have open hearts to hear you. And Lord, that you would just whisper your love and your comfort into us as we explore this topic of fear as it relates to us sharing our stories and seeing people impacted for you because God we want this series to have mattered we want to apply the things that we learn and we want to see incredible fruit from it in our church so God would you just go before us this morning and Lord have your way in this place we ask in Jesus name amen so many of you I'm sure know the story of Gideon but just a little context before we read it at this point in Israel Israel's history Israel were they were actually worshiping other gods. And so you can imagine the one true God did not like that. So God actually allowed their enemies to oppress them. And finally, the Israelites called out to God from their despair and they said, God, help us. And so God actually sends the angel of the Lord to Gideon, who was hiding from the enemy. So Judges 6, 12 to 16, and it'll come up on the screens. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have 
and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. So if you're here this morning, you've been here throughout the series, and you're feeling afraid, we've got three things that we are going to learn from the story of Gideon this morning. And the first one is this, is that God sees your great potential. So we find Gideon at the beginning of the story, and he's in hiding. But look what verse 12 says. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior is the title, the name that he's given. Even though at that point, there was zero evidence that Gideon was a mighty warrior. There was zero evidence evidence to point to that. And I think it's amazing in scripture when we see the names that God gives to people. And those names are significant. So you might think of Abram when God renames him to Abraham. And Abraham actually means the father of many nations. So God named him Abraham and said, you are the father of many nations. Even though Abraham had no kids, there was no evidence that he was the father of many nations, or that he would be. And God called Gideon mighty warrior, even though there was no evidence pointing to him being a mighty warrior. Check out Romans 4, 18 to 21, which tells us a little bit about Abraham. It says this, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. So my question for all of us this morning is what name has God placed on your life? What name has God placed on your life that there might not be any evidence at this point that would show that that might be true. What is the name God has put on you? Is it gifted evangelist? Talented preacher? Compassionate caregiver? Wise mentor? Leader raiser? Nonprofit creator? Captive freer? Storyteller extraordinaire? What name has God placed on your life? What potential does he see in you that maybe no one else has seen? You maybe haven't even seen it. And I think there's probably a lot of people here in this place who you've never shared your story before. Never. And you might feel like they're 
is no way you could ever do that. You don't see the potential there. But God sees that potential in you. And God wants to bring that out of you. He has put a calling on each and every one of us to go and make disciples of all nations. And when God calls us, he equips us. And he has been equipping us through this series. And I know that he wants to do incredible things. So what name has God put on you? What potential is within you? Because when you know that you have potential, it's a lot easier to put yourself in an uncomfortable position of sharing your story. It's a lot easier to take a step of faith when you know that God has placed potential within you. So you don't have to fear when you know that God has placed potential within you. So that's point number one. God sees your great potential. And point number two is this. And this one just makes my soul feel so settled. God will help you overcome your perceived shortcomings. God will help you overcome your perceived shortcomings. And we see this in the story of Gideon. Verse 15 says this, But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. We see him making excuses for the reasons why he can't. How can I save Israel? And that's a good question because Gideon actually couldn't save Israel, but God, in all his power, could. And then verse 16, again, we have that assurance. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. So we see here that Gideon felt inadequate. Gideon felt like he was unqualified. He was mentally stuck on his limitations. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been stuck on your own limitations? Stuck on your own feelings of inadequacy or your, un your own feelings of being unqualified? Do you feel this way about sharing your story? I have absolutely felt that way. And I'm sure that I'm not alone. But the cool thing about this is that God actually didn't choose Gideon based on Gideon's strength or his courage or his experience. And God actually worked powerfully in spite of all of Gideon's weaknesses to do incredible things. So are you like Gideon? Are you focused on all that you're not? Or are you focused on all that God is and all that he is able to do? Because when you feel overcome with fear, when you're focused on you and your inadequacies and all the things that you're not good of and you can't do, there's reason to be afraid. But when we're focused on all that God is able to do, it makes fear melt away. So don't let fear of your inadequacies stop you because God will help you overcome your perceived shortcomings. So that was point number two. Point number three, say point number three. Nice, you're with me. <laughs> God is with you, even when it doesn't seem like it. <clears throat> and I think the story of Gideon is so relatable because he wasn't convinced that God was with him. 
He was full of excuses. He was full of doubts. It's so relatable. And I love that God met Gideon right where he was at. Isn't that a blessing to know that God will meet you where you're at? That he's not waiting for us to have it all figured out, to have all the answers, to feel totally confident and comfortable. He's going to meet us exactly where we're at. Gideon had so many doubts, questions, and fears. And look what God said in verse 14. He said, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have. And I love this because it tells us that God just says, look, wherever you're at, whatever strength you have, just go in that strength. Because it was never just about our strength, never just about our ability or our power. But it's our strength plus God's strength where amazing things happen. And verse 16, we see that promise. The Lord answered, I will be with you. He's with you. You don't need to be afraid because he's going before you. He's set up these encounters before the beginning of time. And he's already drawing people to himself. We don't have to be afraid that if we go outside of our comfort zone, if we're going out on a limb, we don't have to be afraid that he's going to let us fall. Because he's promised that he goes before us, he's with us, he's going to give us the words that we need to respond, and he's going to do incredible things. So three points. Say, number one, God sees your great potential. Number two, say number two, God will help you overcome your perceived shortcomings. Say three, God is with you even when it doesn't seem like it. Can you believe those are my three points? I'm done my three points. You guys are all thinking like, oh my goodness, I'm going to get to go to lunch like so soon. <laughs> Not quite there. But do you still feel afraid to share? Do you still feel afraid to share? Can we make a decision to just bring what we have to the table and trust that God will do the rest? And as we've been going through this series, it's been amazing because we've been able to see this step-by-step -step process of here's how you can formulate your story and, here's how, and you can practice it and you can be ready. But then it's funny because then in real life, it's not, it doesn't always look like that. We don't always have an opportunity where someone says, hey, Aaron, I've got three minutes exactly. Can you tell me your story? Right? That doesn't often happen. Sometimes it will, but sharing our story can look a lot of different ways. Sometimes it might be sharing a short part of your story. Sometimes it might be someone ask, asks you how your week is going, and instead of giving the classic, fine, maybe it means you say, hey, I've actually been really struggling with this one thing, and here's how God has really been helping me through that. Or maybe it's inviting someone to church. Maybe someone asks you about your weekend. They say, oh, Aaron, what are you up to tomorrow? It's Sunday. What are you up to? And maybe instead of saying like, oh, like just hanging out with the family. Just uh, maybe sharing our story means we actually say, oh, actually, I'm going to church. And I love my church. Here's all the things I love about my church. Hey, would you be interested in coming to church with me? 
because it's a really special place, and I think that I think that you'd enjoy it. So sharing our story doesn't always look exactly the same, and we're going to watch a video in just a moment that shows us how it doesn't always look the same, and it also shows us that we don't always get it right, and that's okay, that God shows up. As we go in our strength, he comes in all of his strength. So we don't have to get it right every time. And it shows us that God will give us opportunities. Will we see them? And will, be, will we be ready for them? And will, be, will we be able to turn away from our fears, turn away from our inadequacies, and look to God in those moments and trust him to give us the words to say? So check out the screens. Miles had absolutely no idea why he threw a Bible into a complete stranger's car that day. What he could explain, however, was the peculiar epiphany he had while loading groceries into his car moments earlier. And the peculiar epiphany was this. Statistically, there was a better chance of him bringing home every item on his wife's shopping list than ever seeing this man again. This was his one and only chance his one opportunity to share the gospel with this stranger before he vanished into the ether. But what to say? How to do it? How would this man react? But no sooner than he had asked himself these questions, the man was back in his car and soon never to be seen again. And so, Miles, in this ever-so-common conundrum, asked himself, do I or don't I? He did and proceeded to do what any of us good Christian folk would do. The truth is, we may not have all thrown a Bible into a moving vehicle, but in some ways, many of us have been miles, finding ourselves in situations where we feel prompted to share our faith or to talk about the G word, the J word, or even the C word. But for some reason or another, we hesitate. Whether it's not knowing what to say or fear of what someone will think, we seize up and let the moment pass us by. The year is 1974. Two men sit on a park bench sharing an egg salad sandwich on rye. Charlie takes his first bite and eats his lunch with a pronouncedly slow chew. Charlie detests egg salad. So why, you may ask, is he subjecting his taste buds to this self-inflicted torment? The answer is twofold. Firstly, in the frenzy of the morning rush, he forgot to pack his lunch. Secondly, Charlie has known Patrick his whole life and has always looked up to him. And so, when Patrick kindly offered to split his lunch, Charlie blindly accepted, and upon his discovery of the sandwich's contents, his deep admiration for Patrick trumped his disdain for cold egg on bread. And this is when it happens. A somewhat unfamiliar feeling bubbles up in Charlie. Without explanation, he feels suddenly compelled to share his newfound faith in Jesus Christ with Patrick. He turns to his friend and opens his mouth, but catches himself. What if Patrick laughs at him? Or even worse, what if he is indignant or offended? The last thing Charlie wants is to look foolish in front of his friend whom he has looked up to since he could crawl. 
The time is 17 minutes past 8 o'clock on a Thursday morning. In an ideal world, Polly and her five-year-old daughter would be walking out the door and on their way to school at this very moment. Unfortunately for her, this is not an ideal world. Be that as it may, Holly tells herself all she has to do is tie her daughter's shoelaces, get in the car, and with some artful traffic negotiation, she may just beat the bell. But I say again, this is not an ideal world. Holly turns to leave, she's caught off guard by a simple yet loaded question. Can I ask you a question? Why do you really look nice on Thursday? Ouch. The answer is simple. Holly couldn't care less about what she wears to school the other four mornings of the week. But Thursdays are different. Thursdays are sisterhood. Does she tell the truth and risk being labeled by the other school moms? This is a brothel. Miriam works as a cleaner, and you may think this strange, but to her, this room and the seven others like it down the hall are the most important she'll clean all week. In the eyes of most, the girls that work here have very little value, but not in the eyes of Miriam. To her, all of them are precious daughters of God. In light of this, she makes a point of sprinkling each room with that little something extra, spreading some light wherever she can. But for her, this is not enough. She wishes she could do more. She's had an idea for a while now, but the ever so common doubts flood her mind. Will it work? Will they understand? Is this ridiculous? Don't we all ask ourselves the same questions, have the same doubts, and the same fears? Why are we so afraid to share something that we hold so dear? Aren't we called to spread the truth, to be the salt and the light? When we find ourselves in these moments, what will we choose? on Thursdays. Holly stood there contemplating her options. A, to tell the truth. B, to bend the truth. Or C, to avoid the truth completely. She chose D, all of the above. I'm going to a woman's meeting. What, like a feminist thing? Presented with a second chance to answer the question, Holly decides to go for option A, to tell the truth, and goes on to explain that she is on her way to sisterhood. And before she's able to extend an invitation, her newfound friend perks up and asks, Oh, can I come? Amazed at how smoothly this has all played out, Holly thinks to herself, In an ideal world, I would have gone with option A the first time. Charlie is eating a sandwich that is much more to his tasting. Pickled beef with a smidgen of applesauce. Opening the newspaper, he is immediately struck by what he sees. A picture of Patrick, 
who shortly after their last meeting shipped off to war and as reported by the newspaper, has been killed in the line of duty. Charlie is in shock. And as he holds his dear friend close in his thoughts, he suddenly recalls their last conversation on this very park bench where he decided to open up about his faith in Jesus and the two sat talking for hours to come. A memory he will now cherish for the rest of his days. For Lily, today seemed like any other day. She never imagined she would end up in a place like this. But who does? Little did she know, things were about to change. church but it didn't happen quite like that because life doesn't happen quite like that here's what did happen lily and miriam became friends and spent many a night talking and talking and talking eventually lily left the brothel and never looked back got a ticket jumped on a plane and flew halfway across the world where she reconciled with her family who she had not seen in years we must emphasize that this did not happen overnight and there were many obstacles to overcome. But it did happen in part because one day, a woman decided to step out and do what she could with what she had. And that's really all that any of us can do, like our friend Miles, who you may remember from all the way back at the beginning. He too did what he could with what he had. Miles never did know what became of the man whose car he hurled a Bible into, but he often liked to dream that somewhere out there, there's a man with a kick-butt testimony, but a stranger who hurled a King James into his moving car. Sometimes we will know what becomes of these moments, and other times we won't. But it's not really about us, is it? We can plant the seed and maybe even water it, but it is only God who makes it grow. Did you like that? Yeah. <clears throat> so church, God sees your great potential to share your story, whatever way that might show up as an opportunity in your life. He's going to help you overcome your perceived shortcomings. And he's with you, even when it doesn't feel like it. So. We're going to take a moment, and I would love to just maybe take 30 seconds and just have some quiet. Worship team, you guys can come up. And I'd love you to ask God if he would put one person on your heart. If he would put one person on your heart that he would want you to share your story with soon. <laughs> One person. And then if you, if you sense that, if you, if you sense God putting a name on your heart and you feel any kind of fear start to bubble up inside of you as you imagine those conversations, 
that I want you to, I want you to let God speak into those fears. Allow him to speak his love over you, his calling over you, his belief in you and your ability to do what he's asked you to do. And as we do that, there's going to be opportunities that start coming up. I just know it. As we pray for it and we ask for it, God will give us those opportunities. And if you could do me a favor and let me or one of the staff team know, let us know about these steps of faith that you're taking. Let us know about these conversations that you're having. And we would love to be encouraged um, by those stories. And we can encourage each other with those stories. And hopefully that fear won't rule us. And we'll be able to look at all that God is and all that he's capable of instead of at our own shortcomings. Sound good? <laughs> okay, so let's just bow our heads and just take, take a bit of time to ask God to place a name on your heart. And then I'll close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for the names that you are, are putting on our hearts right now. And Lord, I'm sure that along with those names that you've put on our hearts, um, there's also maybe a lot of fear rising up within us. And, and God, we know that your love actually drives out fear. May we just rest in your love as we imagine these conversations and Lord, as we get into these conversations and, and Lord, as we rest in your love, I just ask that your love would overflow out of us, that, that the people that we share with, Lord, even if they don't agree with us, God, they would feel your love. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would go before us into this week and in the weeks to come. Holy Spirit, would you point us in the direction of people who are closest to you, the ones that you're already drawing, Lord. We know that we can't save souls, Lord, but we thank you that we get to be a part of that process. Help us to find those people of peace and just share with boldness. Lord, may we not be overcome by fear. May we see the most incredible fruit from this series. And Lord, I just think of empty seats in this room right now and the people, Lord, that you're calling us to reach out to who are gonna fill those seats one day. Lord, would you help us, help us to follow your leading, help us to not be afraid, help us to go in the strength that you've given us and learn to trust you with the rest. God, you've been so good to us. You've blessed us so much. You've blessed us with salvation and eternal life. 
and being able to go into your presence. And God, we wanna share that blessing with, with those in our world. So God, would you move powerfully through this congregation? And may we just see this world turned upside down for you. In Jesus' name we 